everybody. Welcome to Activism Revival. This is Kelly. And this is Ashley. And you already know why we're here. We're here to mobilize the Christian church to create dialogue, awareness, and solutions for social change and justice. Well, guys, guess what we're talking about today? Human trafficking. <laughs> and a couple years ago, I came out with this shirt and I get cussed out all the time um, for wearing it every time I travel. And... So I talked about it on social media, and my friends bought the shirt too. And that is the title of our podcast, and that is Real Men Don't Buy Women. So I want to tell you a little bit about how I got into the fight about human trafficking, and uh, we'll learn about, um, Ashley can tell us a little bit about how human trafficking even affects the population that she works with. Um, And if you didn't tune into our podcast about foster care and adoption, then you should have. Um, but it's never too late. You can always go back and listen to it. So, um, 2008, I was sitting in the house with my friend Darrell. Um, he's like one of my best friends. I call my brother in. And we hadn't hung out in a while. So, he was like, Kelly, let's watch this movie I heard that's really good. And it's called Taken. And so, uh, while I was watching the movie, y'all, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought that was an amazing movie. I was like, man, look at this, this, this skill set this man has. He's able to find his daughter oh he's getting everybody back they shouldn't touch his daughter and I'm, it's just filled with so much you know action and suspense and I'm just like man this is amazing until the credits came on and when the credits excuse me when the credits came on they were like human trafficking is real it happens da, 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 da. and I'm like whoa like who on God's green earth would think that it's really okay to do this I really just thought that this was a movie can't possibly believe everything we see on TV and ever since that moment I was unable to shake that I could never shake what I saw and so that is where the birth of my um, my fight or my desire to fight human trafficking came from it really came from cinematic arts which is why I'm a big proponent to like let's not take arts away from our children and you have any like talent or skill make sure you employ those things because it could be a little girl sitting on a sofa with her homie watching and and become inspired and it literally stirs up something on the inside of you and that's what happened to me so um like I said I couldn't comprehend why people were for sale or why people felt comfortable buying it and then more more than that I couldn't understand why nobody was talking about it Ashley, when was the first time you heard about human trafficking? So it, it was probably about um, maybe eight years ago when I was working uh, with homeless population and, and kids that were aging out of the foster care system. And I started hearing about a lot of girls that were working. I used to go into the detention center to do life skill classes. And I started hearing about a lot of girls that I was working with um, that were being trafficked. And specifically, there was a, there was a guy who used to have a house Um, about a mile away from the youth shelter and so he was actually getting girls um, he was getting girls to run away from the shelter and he was pimping them out and then sending some of the girls back into the shelter to recruit other girls to run away with him and so when I started to see that there were literally 12 and 13 year olds that were going to this man's house they were coming back and they they were full out addicted like he was drugging he was like you know giving them drugs and all this stuff that's that was my first kind of run in like okay wait these girls are leaving the shelter to go to this man's house and he is he is selling them he's selling them for sex um but i think the 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 memory that i have that was the most impactful and the one that really just kind of it kind of crushed me 
um, was I used to be a youth um, minister at a, at a Methodist church. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. <laughs> I didn't know about it was, Nebraska today, it was Colorado. My, it was one of my first jobs when I was um, at ORU. And I used to run like an after school type Bible study type deal for kids. Um, whose families, you know, were experiencing poverty in, in West Tulsa. And so um, there was a young lady and her mom and her brothers that used to come all the time. And um, I would see them. They were they were just really struggling. They were one of those families that you could see that they were really struggling to meet ends meet. Um, but anyways, the lady that was over the juvenile bureau called me one day. was like, hey, Ashley, I want you to come meet this, this girl, this young girl. She had been trafficked traffic from Tulsa to New Orleans and then from New Orleans to Houston and they ended up finding her and bringing her back to Tulsa. How far is that? Um, it's Texas and Tulsa are pretty close and then Tulsa, Texas and Houston are pretty close but it's far it's very it's far from Tulsa for a 14 year old to get there um, but she had been missing for two years and so they were um, they were like hey we want you to come and meet this girl because we're really trying to figure out if she'll be a good fit for Mana House. So I walk in the room and the young lady looks at me and says Miss Ashley I'm coming to meet this girl. I've never met her before. Wow. And I realized it was one of the girls that was in um, the church that I used to work at, the Methodist church. And so that really crushed me because I felt like, one, maybe I missed it. Like, I used to always see her and her brothers and her mom. And I would, you know, make them a plate and we would have Bible studies. But I really felt like, man, I really missed an opportunity to connect with that girl. But she was walking home from school one day and a trafficker got her, got, got um, a hold of her told her, you know, hey, if you get in the car with me, I have a way for you to make money for your family. Wow. Um, and as far as I know, this girl is still being trafficked today. Um, wow. It's a, it's, it's always been a constant thing to get her out of that lifestyle. She's highly traumatized. Um, and so that, I, I would say that her story is the first, um, it was the first hit home kind of experience. Um, but once I started working in foster care, I used to always have a lot of people like, hey, when are you going to start a home for girls that are being trafficked? And I was like, oh, I don't plan on it, you know. Um, but I was realizing that there was such a connection between the two mm -hmm. that I couldn't ignore, you know, survivors of trafficking. Absolutely. Um, a lot of the women that we come into contact with um, have found themselves in a situation where they probably were um, in foster care. Um um, for those of you who don't know what human trafficking is, well, according to like the U.S. De Justice Department, to them, this is what they say. They say trafficking is the recruitment, harboring, transportation, provision, or obtaining of a person for labor or services um, through the use of force, fraud, or coercion for the purpose of subjection to involuntary servitude, debt bondage, or slavery. Um a lot of times in the United States, the, the two main types of human trafficking that you will see are labor trafficking, meaning that these might be people working on construction sites, in restaurants, in nail salons, in massage parlors, um, African braiding shops in New York City. They get busted all the time for trafficking. Um, and then you also have sexual exploitation, which is what a lot of people say is trafficking. And, and, and that's not true. Sex trafficking is just a type of trafficking for instance like you wouldn't say that fried chicken is the only type of chicken that there's out that that's out there you would say oh well you might have barbecue chicken you might have grilled chicken you might have um baked chicken boiled boiled chicken Ooh. <laughs> who out here eating boiled chicken you dead wrong for that oh <laughs> i'm happy we're not recording video recording right now <laughs> um 
but so you have all those different ways to prepare the chicken but guess what it is it's still chicken so the same thing applies for human trafficking so you have human trafficking there's different types of trafficking you have labor and like i said that that might be construction sites or something like that then you have servitude those are the individuals that you find in maybe homes as maids or taking care of children um maybe even taking care of a spouse um then you have sexual exploitation and trade so that's that's like the kind that you know we hear about a lot of times and um those people might be working or known as prostitutes or whores or hoes um working in brothels escort services um strip clubs um then you also have begging um we have some children um in our custody in india who were forced to beg and um their their bodies were um hands cut off a leg disfigured and an eye burned um so that people would feel sympathetic towards these children and that they would be given more um they would be given more uh, money so that the trafficker could you know make more money that day um then you also have military um or militias and, and that's not really you don't really find that in the united states of america um you really see that in um Middle East or some African countries. Then you have organ harvesting. So that's when, that's legit when somebody is taking an organ for sale. And so while that might not be something that we really experience in the United States, we are the, the United States is the number one consumer of organs on the black market. Um, and Canada is number two. And then you also have like forced marriage and the porn industry. Um, I get into... I don't really debate with people, but I have conversations with people a lot of times, and they're just like, but I know my friend is a porn star, and da 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 da, da. and I'm like, yeah, some children, I mean, some people are willing victim, I mean, willing um, porn workers, you know, we have porn conventions, we have um, all these things, especially in our westernized culture, that is like all around porn, 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 however, not everybody that's on the porno or on these sex websites are, are willing, right. for instance, we have a young girl, and actually, I swear to you, like, this is the most disturbing story for me that I had to encounter because when I spoke to this mother, she literally, we had literally just gotten our 795 Mona number, and she called, and on the telephone, like, you know how somebody crying, and they, don't, they like, all cried out, and it's just like this, it was that, and... I didn't know who was on the other line. Mona's house wasn't open yet, but we had the phone number. We had Mona's group. And so the um, the mother was just on the phone, and she was just like, after some time, she's like, you know, I failed my daughter or whatever. I'm like, how? You know, what happened? And, and she said, my daughter did well in school. We bought her a laptop. You know, she met an older guy. The teacher figured out that my daughter was sleeping during class and recommended that she go see the guidance counselor. And um, the guidance counselor was like, you know, hey, like, you you are, like, this stellar student. Like, why are you sleeping in class now? Why are you doing bad? Um, and it, it, the daughter told her what was going on. And because that guidance counselor is what we call a mandated reporter, meaning that if something that is endangering the welfare of that child um, is taking place, they have to report it. So she had to tell the parents, and she also had to tell the police. And that was really, honestly, like, kudos to the teacher. She didn't know exactly what's going on but she did see like some some sort of change in the behavior of the student and what we have learned that took place is she met an older guy he bought her gifts um took her out i'm not sure that her parents knew about that um i didn't get the impression that they did um 
And after a while, the gifts stopped coming. Mm-hmm. And it was because he said that he was having some financial problems. But at this time, she's saying, oh, my goodness, you know, like, I'm in love with this guy. What can I do to help you? And so he told her, hey, you can go to freewebcam.com and we're going to set up a, 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 you know, a page for you. And so what, what happens on those websites is people go and you watch men and women, uh, mostly women, um, do whatever you say do. So you could say, you know, take off your shirt, take off your bra, jump up and down. Okay, stand up, sit down, go in your bed, open your legs, use a toy, all these different things. Even though it's no physical interaction, no physical penetration, um, that's still trafficking, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, come to find out, this guy was doing this like six or seven other little girls. And the sad part about her story is that she had a Justin Bieber poster over her bed. Now, what does that communicate to me with these grown men or grown women watching, paying $16 a minute or $32 a minute to take this girl into these private um, chat rooms and telling her what to do? She looks young. Her body looks like a a little girl. And she got a Justin Bieber poster above her bed. And to me, that communicates, oh, I'm watching a child. Yeah. And you're completely fine with that. And so while people are, like, advocating and saying, you know, hey... We can um, let sex workers do whatever they want to. You know, why did you take down Backpage? Because they were trafficking so many little girls on that website yeah. to the point Craigslist like, man, we don't even want any work. We're going to go ahead and take down our classifieds right now. Mm-hmm. No relationship section on this website because you know, they did send that man to prison, um, the CEO of Backpage.com, because he knew little girls was being trafficked on his website and there's no way i mean i I remember there were times that girls from juvenile were missing and i would i would get on back page to see if i noticed Mm -hmm. you know any postings where i'm like that's her you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and there were times that i would see a posting and i'm like you can tell this is a this is a minor Mm -hmm. like you can absolutely tell that this is a kid and it what was so disheartening was that the way that they made the post it doesn't use the language of prostitution, mm-hmm. you know, so you're talking about a date, mm-hmm. you know, and so if it's like, you know, if, if you go on a date and you choose to have sex with somebody on that first date, that's not a crime, mm-hmm. you know, but that they would list it in such a way to where it, it didn't sound, I knew it was prostitution, people know it's prostitution, mm-hmm. you know, but it's hard as for police officers to go on there and say, hey, let's go to this location and arrest them, you know. Um, so Backpage, I'm, I'm, oh, I, I tell you, I'm so glad it's, it's shut down. I, yeah. And I wondered for years how something like that lived so long. Well, it's a, a documentary on Netflix called Jane Doe. Um, the mother who advocated and advocated and advocated for her daughter um, who was sold on Backpage.com. I brought her to Buffalo, New York last year. She's the case that actually made it all the way to the Supreme Court. And it was taken, and it was taken down. Um, but she paved the way for other people's stories to be taken, um, taken seriously. But Backpage really felt like they had like this, like this impenetrable wall built around them mm-hmm. that, because all these cases that parents were saying. I mean, parents. It was so. It made me so mad to watch this documentary. And this mother is saying, "Listen, like this website needs to be held accountable." Mm-hmm. And. You know, if we upload a picture, I mean, a video to Facebook right now, and we say, um, and we play any music in the background, and we say, um, we don't have the rights to this song, it's going to take Facebook 60 seconds to take that, that picture down, I mean, that video down. So the technology is out there to be able to identify fraud, like, you know, posts that shouldn't be there. Right. And they just weren't doing it. So anyway, they went to jail, um, and 
when you learn about all these different types of trafficking, labor, servitude, sexual exploitation, begging, military, organ harvesting, forced marriage, and even the porn industry, you realize that there's no body that if there's nobody that is above exploitation. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I always have an issue with, and I had and I was talking to this guy in Miami this week, and he was just like, Yeah, that would never be my children. And I'm like, you don't know. <laughs> right. I posted, um, I work with this um, this for-profit business called um, uh, Safer Kid and M-Spy. And what I say is, hey, like, if your child is in your home and they are in any way um, have access to technology through an iPad or a phone, put these devices mm-hmm. on them, put these programs on them. And I hear so many parents say, well, I don't want to violate their privacy. No, you're keeping them safe. And they're a kid. <laughs> like, uh, like their prefrontal cortex isn't, isn't even fully <laughs> developed to be able to make sound decisions and choices. Right, right. Like, would you trust them? And you want to give them invest? a bunch of rights. Yeah. yeah. No. No, like, that's a part of parenting. That's a part yeah. of and, protecting And your that's kids. one thing we should make sure we do at the end is to give some, some tips to parents. You know what I mean? Yep. To keep your child safe. Like, listen, I have nieces and they can't take, they cannot, not even at least at my house. They cannot take their cell phones to the bathroom with them. Like, there's just little stuff that I'm, I'm watchful for. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-mm, what you doing? Like, no. Yeah. Leave it out here. Go use the restroom. Wash your hands. Come back. Like, mm-hmm. I don't believe in cell phones being you having 24-7 access to them. To anybody in the Snapchat, world. Snapchat, you do something, and then it disappears. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's why M-Spy helps, because ain't none of that going away. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, um, but people always feel like it's not their, their child until it is. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. As a, as a child of some parents, I can tell you that you don't know what your child is doing 100% of the time. And yeah, and, it, and it's not even because people, even if you do know your child, and you're like, you know what, I know that my child wouldn't do this. You don't know somebody else. what somebody else might do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't know the exploitation that um, somebody else can, you know, impede on your child. You don't know those things. I have seen good children, you know what I mean, um get caught up by bad influences somebody that they feel like loves them and sometimes I what I have seen a lot is that there are children that help with this you know what I mean like we used to see that all the time I remember one time um, while we were teaching and we were actually talking about human trafficking and and, and, and domestic violence and all that in the um, in the uh, juvenile detention center in Tulsa and listen these girls started one of these girls started weeping because we were talking about how um, a lot of times other other teenagers are used to help recruit. We were talking about recruiters, the role of recruiters. And one girl just started crying, Kelly, and she went over to this other girl and hugged her and was like, I'm so sorry. Because there was another girl that had been raped and, and set up, and she did it. She set her up. Mm-hmm. And when we were sitting there, we were talking about keeping yourself safe and parties and all this. She felt so bad because she was like, man, I did. I, I've seen it so many times where a girl will will set another girl up. Mm-hmm. And so you, it, that's why it's even important to know who our children are hanging out with and who they're going to sleepovers with and parties because this stuff, it's a vicious, a vicious cycle. Um, I pulled up a few statistics. And I, I see that there are 40.3 million victims of human trafficking globally. Mm-hmm. You have that? Yeah, but keep going. Um, um, 
And in this, 25% of them are children and 75% of them are women and girls. Um, and so even within 75 being women and girls, we see that there are um, there is a there is a wide range of boys that are trafficked. Mm-hmm. Kelly, is that mostly the LGBTQ community, do you think? No, it's just all of them. The LGBTQ community is at risk because um, there's still not a lot of acceptance mm-hmm. in homes where children are finding themselves. So then they're forced into homelessness, right. really. And so because of that, they, they may find themselves in situations where they are being exploited in exchange for survival needs, mm-hmm. meaning that it's, it's clothing, food, mm-hmm. and shelter. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, they're looking for acceptance and they need to eat and they need shelter, they need clothing. And so it's easier for traffickers to exploit them because they're being sent away from home. Yeah. And that's not how to love somebody that even if that's your religion, if you, if it goes against your religion or your beliefs, um, there's never a time it's okay to just put your child out on the street because they're doing something that is contrary to what it is that you say you believe there's measures that you can take if you feel like you just can't handle it anymore but you don't put them on the streets no because then you make them a part of what we call a vulnerable population Mm -hmm. in the united states of america we have vulnerable populations we have four vulnerable populations we have runaways Number one, number two, foster children. Number three, people who suffer from any form of opioid abuse and or substance abuse. And then number four, refugees who may have come into this country legally um, or illegally, um, but for some reason they may not understand the culture. And there's so many different things, there's so many different ways that trafficking happens in the United States. And I think this is a good segue into what I call our myth busters. Mm-hmm. Our myth busters are saying, listen, it's highly unlikely that somebody's going to be kidnapped in a white van in the, in the broad daylight in the United States of America for the, for the in the United States of America for the purpose of human trafficking. Human trafficking affects more than 40 million victims worldwide. It is the largest crime, the second largest crime in the world, only second to drug trafficking. And so what does that communicate to us? That it's a hidden crime. So anytime you kidnap somebody in broad daylight in a white van and people can see you, guess what that's going to do? It's not going to make it so hidden. Traffickers don't normally work like this, which is why the legal definition includes force, fraud, or coercion. So hold on, Kelly. So you said 40 million victims of human trafficking globally, but it's a hidden crime. So that 40 million is still a guess. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's still it's a, a guess. Yeah, I it's a, a 40 million that we know of. Yeah, that we know <laughs> of, according, you know, according to like... Um, like trade and labor mm-hmm. organizations so they're saying listen these are this is the money that's out here we don't have any account for it mm-hmm. um but yeah for instance um this week our organization um had some training with the da's office um the in, um, and some other nonprofits and the ta- human trafficking task force and the numbers that they provided we were able to say like listen like this is why our organizations need to work together because those numbers are not right and the reason why we know them th- know that they're not right is because we have 62 women in our care and in our group and only two of them have ever encountered any form of police so that's 60 women right in this right in this zip code, <laughs> this area yeah. code that you have never encountered. So that's why we say that's why like um with my organization, my anti-human trafficking organization, we don't harp on numbers as much. Like when you talk about foster care and runaway, y'all know like it's X amount of children in foster care. Right. It's X amount of boys, X amount of girls. Right. You know where they are for the most part. Because there's a system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we don't have that because it's in the shadows. Mm-hmm. And so how did you get these 62 women that have never been arrested? Their traffickers have never been arrested. Not maybe not never, but um, they are. Well, we do know that we 60 of our women have never been arrested, have never come into contact with any form of um, 
um, law enforcement. However, they have come into contact with medical professionals, which is why my team works so diligently to educate um, anybody that's dealing with children, anyone that works in the medical field, because while we're looking for human trafficking victims, especially for those who work, um, who are doctors and nurses and CNAs, um, human trafficking victims are looking for them because they may be hurt. Um, maybe they're pregnant and they have to go to an abortion clinic or something like that. So that's why we harp on, listen, the eye doesn't see what the brain doesn't know. And that's really as simple as it is. The eye does not see what the brain doesn't know. So you may come into a traffic, come into contact with a trafficking victim, but because you don't know the signs, yeah. you, because you don't know the signs, you, um, you don't really exactly know what it is that you're looking for. And so for those of you who follow um, us online, we want to make sure that you're visiting our website. Um, we're going to post some signs of human trafficking on our blog. And so we want you to go ahead, read over those signs, and make sure that you're, you're sharing them. Yeah. Um, and, and one thing I did have for you, Kelly, a question is explain um, why, why a child, or if, can a child be a prostitute? Or is all child prostitution sex trafficking? Uh, well, we want to make sure we go ahead and address this as simply as we can. There is no such thing as an underage woman. There is no such thing as a child prostitute. There is no such thing as a minor. And there is no such thing as non-consensual sex. Underage women. There's no such thing as underage, un, underage women because that woman that you're saying is underage, she's a child. <laughs> That's what it is. There's no such thing as an underage woman. You mean a child. Uh, there's no such thing as a child prostitute. Children cannot consent. They're rape victims or they're sexual assault of survivors or overcomers. Um, sex with a minor. You cannot say, oh, they had sex with a minor. You can say, no, they raped a minor. We have to start calling it what it is. And non-consensual sex, that's not a thing. Non-consensual sex is rape. <laughs> that's rape. So let's go ahead and let's fix our terminologies um, and, and, and let's let's get it corrected. Um, and as a challenge for those of us who are out here and we want to fight human trafficking, and maybe um, I know that I have a lot of abolitionists who follow me, so I know that when I share this, you'll probably be listening to it. And I want to challenge all of you. Let's stop calling the women that we say that we help survivors. Let's not make let's not let's not make survival the goal. Survival is a part of the process, but it is not the goal. What we say at Project Mona's House is we have women that come in as victims. They're transformed into survivors. But by the time they leave, they're overcomers. That means that overcoming is what we want. That is that is success. Yes, we're going to celebrate we're going to celebrate every step that they're taking from victimhood to survival and and as they walk into becoming overcomers. We're going to celebrate those steps. Right. However, never make survival the goal. And what do you mean by that, Kelly? When you're in survival mode, you're just trying to make it to the next day. That's it. When you're a survivor, when you're a survivor, you are 70% more likely to suffer from Stockholm syndrome, meaning that guess what? If you all you are, all you're trying to do is survive, 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 and something goes wrong, your chances of returning to that situation that was abusive is is a lot more likely than someone who is in who has you know become an overcomer. And this does not just apply to human trafficking. Think about it in your own life. Think about it in your own life. When you were in survival mode, wasn't it easier for you to fall back into that thing that you were in? 
when you were in survival mode, wasn't it tiring? Wasn't it exhausting? Wasn't it exhausting? You're just like, man, I'm just living from paycheck to paycheck. You're not overcoming then. <laughs> You're just surviving. Yeah. And so we want our women to get to the point where they can say, you know, I'm an overcomer. God calls us to be more than a conqueror. And when I say I'm an overcomer, that means that what once had me, now I have it. It's under my feet. I have leverage over it. I have power over it. I have dominion over it. And I'm walking in all that God has called me to be. So I want to make sure that um, that we we just work with our verbiage. So I thank you, Ashley, for, for bringing that up. Like, is there such thing as a child prostitute? Get your verbiage right. And I got one more thing to bring up. What? Can you please speak to how porn fuels the industry? Well, okay. We're going to get into that. I'm going to get into that in just a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What fuels the trafficking industry? Let's just talk about three things that fuel the trafficking industry. Um, the first one, actually, I said was greed. But yeah. it's, it's for the love of money. Mm-hmm. Um, Idolatry. Yeah. Yep. Really. And the Bible talks about, he, he didn't say, like, you know, having money is a sin. He's just saying, listen, when when you start to love it and you start to crave it, and how Ashley said idol, when it becomes an idol, you, you won't, it's nothing that you won't do. It's nothing that you won't do. And I think that greed is what allows people to see commodities versus bodies. And that's why we see a lot of drug dealers moving into sex trafficking. Yeah. Because you you, you sell some weed or some crack. Once you sold it, it's out your hand. Mm-hmm. You got to go re-up. You got to go re-up. But a woman, all she got to do is clean up. You, a woman, you, you a man, clean, a transgender. Yep, you, clean, yeah. you clean them up as many times as possible. And you can, you can keep using them. Mm-hmm. That's what we do with our sneakers. <laughs> I'm about to um I'm about to clean these up real quick and I'm gonna wear them for a couple years. It's the same thing. It's because they start looking at human beings and bodies as commodities, as pieces of property. You know, I was watching this documentary and um about Toni Morrison and I discovered that there was a court case in which a slave, because human trafficking is modern day slavery, let's get that clear. Human trafficking is modern day slavery, meaning that if you are a descendant of an African American or a Native American, then there's a high probability that your um, ancestors were enslaved in this country. And there was a point where this woman was just like, man, I do not want my child to be enslaved. I saw she killed her child. You know the dilemma that they had when they wanted to press charges against her? They didn't know whether to charge her with murder or charge her with um, destruction of property. Wow. They didn't know what to charge her with. Because if we charge her with murder, then we have to acknowledge that this slave is a human being. Is somebody. Being. Yeah. Oh. And, and, and if we charge her with destruction of property, it's something on the inside of you that's t- telling you that that's not right. That don't sound right. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't feel, yeah. And so then that's, that's what I think on the trafficker side and those who take advantage of trafficking victims, it they see bodies as commodities versus as human beings and as lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so greed. The second thing is lust. Mm-hmm. Sin, when it's full grown, it, it, it gives birth to death, not just possibly, possibly. And it has no boundaries. No boundaries. It has no boundaries. So I always tell people, like, man, I, I'm thankful that I got delivered from lust because I don't know where it would have stopped. Mm-hmm. I don't know where what my boundary would have been because I was just out there. I just felt like, all right, well, this is what I'm doing today. And so the thing is, people need to be delivered from 
um, and this is specifically talking about sex trafficking lust. People need to be delivered from from sex outside of marriage, fornication, and porn. I know people say, "Oh my goodness, there's nothing wrong with porn." I have a friend. He's a he was a he's an elder, and um, I was telling him all about. I told him about the girl um, with the Justin Bieber mm-hmm. poster, and I was talking to him about so many other girls that I encountered all over the world who were um, forced into the porn industry. And he said that is what it took for God to break the porn addiction over him. And he has not watched porn since. That was like a year and a half ago. For him to realize that the women were being... Mm-hmm. Wow. Because how can, you know, my values outweigh my vices? Right. Right. And so how can I enjoy this knowing that this girl might not even be one want to be viewed in this way? And then how can I distinguish the difference? Right. Right. And so for that sake, I'm just going to abstain from all of it. And then walk in and walk in freedom and deliverance anyway. Right. Because that's what God will want. So um, just me sharing that story and those experiences some of some of the women that we that I've had the opportunity to serve. Um, that's what broke that addiction over him. So greed fuels the, the uh, trafficking industry. Lust fuels the trafficking industry. And then power. So, like, when we talked about the different forms of trafficking, we talked about, um, we talked about like, the military, uh, where people want to take over certain territories. Um, chasing power can really lead to destruction. You can, and, and the, the crazy thing is, people can spend their entire life trying to climb to the top of a building, the top of an industry, only to get to the end of their life and realize that you're up against the wrong one anyway. Mm-hmm. And so um, those are just some things, greed, lust, and power that fuel and keep the, the sex industry going because we can't keep just talking about the traffickers and not talk about Johns. We can't, and, and um, one thing I posted, and Ashley, um, you responded on the status a long time ago because um, what I, one thing I challenge all of us to do is all of us have a human trafficking footprint. We have a consumer footprint, and you need to, and you can Google it, mm-hmm. and maybe I'll put this in the blog. I'll do a link so you guys can check it out yourself, but um, you need to make sure your consumer footprint and the human trafficking footprint don't overlap, and if you find out they do, that's okay. Just change your ways. So if it's something that you really love and we can trace that particular product, that particular food, that particular brand to some factory over in Thailand that's trafficking four-year-olds to the point that they're peeling shrimp with their fingers and they're getting um, hypothermia and now you have five and six-year-olds that do not even have fingers. And you're like, oh, wait, that's this XYZ brand of shrimp. Maybe I should stop buying that. And those are ways that you can help combat. So, um... Uh, my next point I wanted to kind of cover is how can we put an end to human trafficking? And when I say we, I'm really talking about those of us who identify as members of the Christian church. And the first thing I say is um, the church can take ownership of the harvest. As Ashley said earlier, the harvest is over 40 million people. And if God says, listen, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I don't know if any of us have ever tended to a 40 million person harvest and so we need more workers in the vineyard and the way that we can do that is number one we can pray because he said he'll pray to the god of the harvest and he'll send more workers and then we can create um or support ministries that specifically serve this population less than three percent of ministries in the united states have a, a specific ministry to help restore victims of human trafficking willing sex workers and or victims who have been um uh victims of sexual abuse or assault 
we can create this and if you don't if you don't feel called to create it maybe you can support it mm-hmm. and then we have to learn how to walk people through deliverance from porn greed pride lust all these different things and i think um instead of just pointing our fingers at people and making them feel you know like they can't come forward and say hey pastor ashley you know i'm really suffering with this thing um we have to have people ready to say listen i'm gonna walk you through deliverance and it may take some time it may be instantaneous um but i want you to commit in your heart that you're gonna make a daily decision to die in this area and to repent in this area and um some things that the average person can do is you can learn the science of human trafficking. Like I said, we're going to post those on our website. You can find out what your consumer footprint is um, and see if it overlaps with the human trafficking footprint. And um, you can volunteer at your local organizations and you can handle things that way. Um, but those are just some ways that the church can um, fight human trafficking. Those are some ways that you yourself can fight human trafficking. Um, and like I said, you can visit our website for, for more information. Um, Ashley, what do you think? Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to take away from anything that you said, but seeing that there are so many correlations between um, those who are victims of human trafficking, I was even thinking about ways to serve those vulnerable populations that you were talking about, right? Runaways, foster kids, uh, mm. immigrants, and then what, what was uh, the fourth People one? People who struggle with any form of substance abuse. Okay, those with opioid or any type of substance abuse issues. So even when we're talking about our, our own fight and figuring out what role we take, those are four vulnerable populations right there that Kelly is already saying. If anybody's going to be trafficked, more than likely it's going to be someone that belongs to one of those four groups. We're not saying that it's exclusive to those four, but those are the ones that are um, at highest risk of being trafficked. And so even in, in conjunction with some of the stuff that Kelly was saying, get involved with some of those places, find organizations, donate, um, you know, go through trainings to learn. If you're a great, if you're a communicator, go through trainings and, and then become a trainer. You know, there are so many different things. You can use your platform, you can use your social media um, to help raise awareness and to help um, even, and, and one of the other things, like when we do post those, those, um, those signs and ways to prevent sex trafficking, share it. Um, and so those are some of the ways that you can join the fight. Another thing that you can be doing is to be praying for Kelly as often as you think about her. Um, she is in the fight daily. She sees this stuff. We hear about it. We're talking about it on a podcast. And even as you're hearing it, you might be thinking like, man, I could never do that. Or man, that's such a that's such a dark place to be. Or man, that must be discouraging to see that and to hear that. Um, and this is what she is bearing. This is what God has graced her to do daily. So when you think about her, you pray for her you cover her um and you and you um you know make sure that you figure out ways to even support mona's house matter of fact december 7th mona's house will be having the free them gala and dinner show show. um my husband and i have already purchased two vip tickets that's another thing that you can do 100 of proceeds are going to mona's house um which is a home for um trafficked Women, women over the age of 18 uh-huh. we provide long-term housing for them and by the time they leave our care like i said they're going to be overcomers but also um the way that we define that is that they're going to be contributing and functioning members of society i literally just got this text message um so it's two it's 4 51 right now um i got this text message at 2 11 p.m while i was here we were recording an earlier episode and one of our girls sent me this saying that her credit score went up 30 points <laughs> And um, 
I said, how do you feel? She said, so great. I'm at, I can't tell you her credit score now. Um, now I believe. And I was like, you are so freaking incredible. And I mean, but for us, like, that that's a big deal because she's moving towards home ownership. Yeah, yeah. She's moving towards making sure that she's creating a legacy of wealth for herself and hopefully one day she'll be married with children yeah and 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 to be very honest you guys this all goes back to the great commission this is all (laughs) this is all about this is all about raising disciples Mm -hmm. you know what i mean that is the fruit of discipleship that it doesn't just speak to um the relationship that we have with Christ, although that is the foundation, that's the staple, that is the most important thing, but it talks about the fruit that is yielded from that relationship. And so now you're talking about not only are you helping her, she's becoming an overcomer, Mm -hmm. she is an overcomer, but now she's learning how to steward her finances. Absolutely. You know, and that's going to create uh, sustainability for her because she's never going to have to rely on a man again. Absolutely. Never again. Never. Um, And so that is, that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. And, um, and as we prepare to close and like I said if you on our website you can make sure that you send us topics that you want us to cover if you have any questions about any of the topics that we cover um, if it's a if it's an issue that um, um, that you're like man I, I really want to know more about this or I really want to figure out how I can bring this to my home because we see that as people from all over the United States and the and several different countries viewing and we're, we're so happy and thankful for that uh, we want to make sure that um, you realize that when God intended for us to be free, he wasn't just talking about free spiritually. He wasn't just talking about that. But with with God, we can be free emotionally. We can be free mentally. We can be free physically. And there's so many, there's so many levels of freedom. And we just want to claim that for the women that we serve with Project Wellness House, but we also want to claim that for human trafficking victims worldwide, that we know that, that there are at least 40.3 million of them over, um, you know, all across the world. So even wherever you are right now, just continue just to intercede on behalf of them and declare that they shall know what freedom feels like um, while they're in the land of the living, while they're on this side of heaven. And we, and one of the prayer points that I um, I gave last Saturday at this prayer conference is that Lord, let a trafficker oversleep, <laughs> let him mess up, let him let a trafficker, a woman or a man, because you know, um, well, I didn't really get into the MythBusters, but one of the things about trafficking that I always want to let people know is that I have come across many people who have been trafficked by women. And oh, so it's yeah. not always yeah. by men, and it's not always with sex. And um, but Lord, let let a trafficker oversee. Let a trafficker think that they locked the door, but it really be unlocked. Let their cell phone die. Yeah, in let the their cell phone die, Lord. Um, let let them walk into the right place at the right time with people who are able to identify what a human trafficking situation looks like and be able to correctly identify it and call it out. Um, Lord, you know, allow allow a trafficking victim wherever they are right now let them really feel your peace and let them feel what it looks like to um let them feel what it looks like to to be loved and 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 to be supported by their community a lot of them feel like they're unloved unheard and unwanted but lord let them know that there is a remnant of people out there that's praying for them that's interceding for them that even if they got to throw the bowls for them they will let them know that they are loved and that they are not forgotten and so those are the things that we um we want you to pray about and and because we're bringing we want freedom to be um for everyone so thank you all so much for listening this week um 
and like I said, visit our website to get some information and lock arms with us as we join the fight. And we have some pretty cool things coming up and we're going to be talking about those later. Um, and one of those things is going to be called the Free Them Walk. But that's going to be an entirely different episode. But just know that there's about to be a crazy group of individuals in 2020 walking all the way from Virginia to New York on the Underground Railroad. Um, so stay tuned for more information. We love you here at Activism and Revival. And let's continue to fight for justice. Bye.